Welcome to episode 162 of Tactical Crouch Kick Tripod here with Yiska and Volamel. Post BlizzCon spectacular episode celebration moratorium funeral. I don't know what this actually technically is as far as Overwatch 2 is concerned, but it's something it's definitely there's a lot to talk about. Um, But before we do talk about all those things. Uh, you may notice that we are back on Twitch and uh, we we kind of basically we spent a little bit of time. We spent, I think, six or seven, maybe even more episodes on YouTube trying it out. And uh, there was a lot of good things about it. A lot of people really liked that we were on YouTube because they could use um, the, the YouTube red subscription, download the videos, that kind of stuff. And they could like scrub through the live videos. And that was really nice. However, uh, there were even more people who were like, I can never this, I can never really uh, tune in on there. I always forget. I don't get the notifications. There's some complications on our end as far as getting the show live there and switching back and forth between Twitch and YouTube. And so we decided that we're just going to go back to Twitch for now. Who knows? It might change in the future. Uh, I don't plan on it, though. I don't want to keep, uh, you know, snip, snap, snip, snap. I don't want to keep doing that to you. Uh, however, if you did subscribe on YouTube and would like a refund, um, please just DM me on Discord or on Twitter. On Twitter, it's at Kicked Tripod. On Discord, it's uh, Kicked Tripod, uh, hashtag 0001. My DMs are open. You can say, hey, I, I subbed, and then you guys aren't streaming there anymore. Uh, please give me money back, and I will happily do so. Um... But yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's it. Hi guys. Hi guys. Good to see you. We, uh, good to see you. We're Vikings now. Are we? We're Vikings. We were. We are. True. Once a Viking, always a Viking. Oh, okay. It's like a get jumped in. There's always a Viking. We've been playing, uh, we've been playing, we played Valheim. Uh, over uh, this last week a little bit and we didn't get very far but Yiska did make sure to put all three of our beds right next to each other in the hut so yeah cuddle we, we did cuddle uh who's Yiska was middle I think I was middle so I had yep. reach to both sides to comfort you of yep. course and I was up against the wall so oh. yeah, I had the aisle seat Yep, sure did. Anyways, uh, so good to see everybody. Obviously, this is an Overwatch podcast, and we're going to talk about Overwatch and BlizzCon. There's a bit to talk about. uh, Before we do, big thank you to our patron producers, Refined Bean, Ferdino Pin, Battlecrab, Lulshin, Rex Zane, Audio Compass, Kasha67, Shara Picasso, Nathan, Your Misery, Hunter Tain, Fabled Steven, Roger B.O., and Chris R34444. Horbjorn, I listen to this podcast, will sound the toilet and in the shower thinking of Yiska, Peace Camper, Anxiety Pokemon, Sir Girthalot, Bronzebot, Boohow, Evan, and Alex S. Thanks so much for supporting the show. If you want to support the show, there's three great, amazing ways to do it, and we appreciate every little bit of support we get. First, Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash tactical crouch. 
Uh, you can sign up there. We've got different um, we've got different tiers of support from one dollar to twenty five dollars with various um, uh, uh, rewards. I guess what are they uh, perks with various perks for perks, that, including yeah. access to our game nights. Joe's going to talk about uh, our anime nights here in a second. And, um, you know, we're doing more stuff with the community and we'd love for you to be involved, uh, for that. So patreon.com slash tactical crouch. Otherwise you can subscribe right here at twitch.tv slash kicked tripod as well. You get a free Twitch prime sub every month. So you can just use your Twitch prime sub. It's free and you're supporting the show. Or you can use a regular sub. There's various different sheer tiers. The level two tier unlocks the Lord Joe emote, by the way. Uh, so um, you definitely probably want to check that out. And um, other than that, the third way is just to leave a five-star iTunes review on iTunes. We really appreciate it. That's it. No more goofing around. Um, Joe, let's talk about anime nights a little bit. So we're, we're doing, we're going to do a little, a little bit different yeah. thing with our, our patron and, um, subs. Yeah. So for the, you know, our kind of game nights, um, we want to not broaden out a little bit, but there's definitely a through line between a lot of the community members and, you know, uh, a either recreational or like a pretty, um, hobby-driven love of anime and manga, so had the idea and got some positive feedback around it on kind of agreeing, coming to a consensus agreement on watching a show, kind of starting it all together, talking about it, and then kind of uh, doing anime survivor and then cutting it if it uh, doesn't necessarily make the cut. So uh, this Friday, tentatively, we've set up um, you know, a group kind of get together to kind of talk about the first five episodes of The Promised Everland, a show that I've definitely heard of and has been kind of all over the place and kind of interested to give it a try. Um, we'll kind of all jump into uh, his discord and talk about it and uh, see what we want to go from there. And it doesn't necessarily, the conversation doesn't all have to be focused around that show. It can be around whatever show we're watching, just a, a nice hang session, maybe play some games, maybe have some drinks um, and uh, just chill. So yeah, this Friday, Promise Neverland 1 through 5. And uh, I'll, we'll, we'll see you there. Are we going to do watch like the first four and then watch the fifth together and discuss it? Or are we going to just watch all five? Um, We could if somebody wanted to, if we want to wait and just do one through four. And then if somebody's nice enough, want to stream five. I can could do I, that. I mean, I can do that. I'll be there. Okay. If, that's, yeah, sure. if that sounds kind of more fun to do, I don't care. Let's do it. Let's try it. Look, if, yeah. If you're a viewer that's currently listening to this, either live or uh, on on YouTube, and you're asking yourself what what this all has to do with Overwatch, a the Venn diagram of people liking Overwatch esports to the degree that they are watching us and liking anime is, is basically a circle, circle, and those that are outside of it are probably watching this in order to get a quick buck off of the the information that they can use in their uh, bets. Also, if you're, I don't know, after this weekend, if you're not used to Overwatch not being mentioned in, a, in an overview or in a ceremony or in a pre-show, 
I don't know. Like, I, I feel like we're pretty thematically a Blizzard podcast now in that regard. We already True. said the name of the game, so Not that's wrong. already more than, than the ceremony did. We've said it more times than they did, to be fair. That was kind of uh, spicy, to be fair. <laughs> to be fair, did you know that games bring us together? Games Vikings, that bring us together today. You know, Blackthorn, anybody? 20 minutes of Blizzard nostalgia bullshit. And don't get me wrong, I got teary-eyed. I got emotional about it. It's sure. very important. Yeah. But I Makes found I did find some of it disingenuous coming from a company that's let go of um, thousands of people over the last 18 months um, no. has shut down entire offices or reman you know, re kind of configured those. And uh, the games are great. And I think the people behind the games are incredible, amazing people. The people running the social media channels, the people doing everything. Yeah. yeah. Even, even, you know, um, having to write this messaging for mm. um, the, the, I would say kind of like the C level people who we're uh, not even just, you know, the, the money, the money grabbers, wherever those tentacles are coming from the, there's the, the hydras, I guess there's like a, the old gods just call them. Yeah. There's, you know, ah, uh, but I, I, I mean, it was like 20 minutes of it. It was 20 minutes of it. And every game got a remake and I'm like, I don't want to play any of these games. I just want to play overwatch two. <laughs> also like let's be honest like this was a pre-recorded thing almost entirely through right mm -hmm. so why is it that these lizard people always like jay and Breck is like oh didn't see you there what is going on party people friends like like, come on, just have a human conversation. If you can't do that, you probably can try, like, for several hours in order to nail it. I don't know, like, the the, the weird tone of that just makes it so... I don't know, just talk to us. Like, this is the age of authenticity. I think, for instance, the Overwatch League has learned this lesson the hard way and also excels at it now, where we're actually speaking the same language and people... In charge, uh, talking to us on eye level. Well, while, I mean, let's like, let's. They're not fluent, but we're we're communicating. We're, yeah, we're no, having casual like, conversation. Smoke signals. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and like this is just like then then I see like a I don't know. I think the wow stuff was a little Ugh, awkward. So long. Ugh. It was it was not that much content, and then it no. was just like like. She was talking about the the oh, and then the Dranai and which thing you chose. Like, dude, I I had during that time in four years of life, I three years played, and I still don't know what you're talking about. So probably nobody in the world cares what you're talking about. Like that, it's it's just so robot person. Like I think brands need to develop towards authenticity more. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of the the disconnect that we felt, of course, as an Overwatch community, we will talk about that issue separately. But generally speaking, like you wouldn't get that from a Mark, uh, Mike Moheim, like, or you wouldn't get that from a Jeff Kaplan, by the way. Yeah, who was absently missing as a vice president of uh, Blizzard uh, uh, Entertainment in these um, 
presentations. Now, of course, I understand that there's a messaging issue of putting Jeff on stage. I, I don't think too many people know that he's even the vice. And yeah. that um, Coming like up him appearing sort of signals Overwatch. Overwatch. Yeah. I understand. But this guy is like a lovable character that doesn't have to put yeah. on like... I understand it's it's awkward to talk like when you're like the guy that develops video games 364 days of the year and then on the 365th day you're asked to host a stage in front of 40,000 people I understand that you have an awkward interaction with them because you that's not what you do in your day in, day job right but if you're online dude just like sit down at a coffee table and have a chat with someone or get people involved in who know how to facilitate organic uh, talks. I think that I, was a big problem because I already feel so disconnected from the Blizzard brand now that everyone uh, mm. that made this brand big is gone. Like Mark, Mike Morham was the last bastion. The, like your thirtieth anniversary was there to pick us up as people in an authentic way and you tried and i i even th genuinely feel that you really th feel the friendship stuff that you talked about and it's also true that blizzard games have formed friendships to that point and it is something you should be very proud of it just needs to be communicated by people who in a more organic way in a less teleprompter way that's I, my problem mm. So I, you know, I, I understand what you're saying. Have you watched any of the Apple keynotes since, um, you should, you should go watch one because it was basically the same style. And I, for one, I don't expect somebody to, you know, hop up on stage and free ball it with me about what's going on and what's changing in their right. games. Like it's always been, uh, it's always been scripted and teleprompted. Um, you have a crowd to react to a little bit where if there's a laugh or there's an awkward moment right. or you have Keanu Reeves on the stage and someone goes, Oh, you're beautiful. Or like you're beautiful or whatever that yeah. whole thing was, yeah. you know, there's the opportunity for that moment, which, which obviously you don't have in, in, um, a recorded setting. Yeah. Um, but I just, you know, and so like, I don't think that the writing changed all that much of this, this year. I just feel that companies and the only company that I've seen that I feel like they really know how to execute a keynote and still keep it kind of, I don't know that it, it kind of keeps it like, Oh yeah, this is the company. They're giving me the updates and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm invested in it and it's, it's not scripted. It's not PR over. It's not, doesn't feel disingenuous is Apple and Apple has done an amazing job on those. And you should, you know, you don't have to watch the whole thing. Watch the first 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, and they, and they've done a really good job and, but I think a part of it wasn't necessarily how it was, how the information it was, it wasn't the information presented. It was how the information was presented. Yeah. And that is like, we've, I've done some like sea level writing in the past for these types of things. And mm -hmm. where we always start with this is we have the sea level person write out their thoughts. And then mm, we take yeah. as much of that as possible and be like, oh yeah, but we should, we probably should include this part too, right? We should probably do this too. How would you say this? What would you want to say? And like speech writers, that's how they do it. And to me, this felt like uh, each game wrote some uh, updates about their game. They gave it to, you know, a team of PR people 
who then wrote it into a script and then handle it, handed it to J. Allen Breck. And I did not yeah. like mm-hmm. that at all. Um, and they didn't. What's also the contrast, it. right? What do you mean? I mean, we started with people pouring like their genuine emotions about the Blizzard games that they had played for the last thirty years, like saying like I met my wife here or yeah. I met blah 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 here and that is like everyone Back that has been in, in yes that this is like if you have played WoW you know people that got together because of WoW yeah, all the time I know WoW babies right and and like um, that type of stuff is genuine and then you cut and then you put these people on stage where it's like emotional bump against uh, like Robots. professional seeming stuff and I get it like it's super hard <sighs> the thing is like sometimes I, I think like okay the, the world should look like this but at the same time like let's say you uh, record a uh, genuine con- conversation you know how often you would probably have to record it in order for a lawyer to say oh yeah the thing that you said there oh yeah we can't say that because like that's legally because of XYZ down the line please don't I don't know. Please just read. Um, but I think that I was... It. Yeah, maybe. That would have uh, generally been preferable. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. like, did you both see the, the behind-the-scenes look at Overwatch? Like, that yeah. like little yes. panel discussion? I think they did a good job. I, I still yeah. think it was a little mechanical and a little rigid, but I think that was much more preferred to the, yeah. like monologue and it wasn't like all of these speeches weren't tailored to an online broadcast like they were yep. still doing the old blizzcon like where are my alliance okay the horde awesome yeah, yeah. and it's it, it, you know it's meant for a crowd and like it's kind of endearing and like yeah and like, like you know what you know what I miss most this year, BlizzCon? Says J. Allen Brack. Yeah. Normally I'd come out here and I'd hear roaring Alliance and mm-hmm. Horde, and we don't get to do that today, and that sucks. I think he did let's something talk about like the this, but yeah. Let's talk about something, the relationships but... we built along the way. Sure. Mm-hmm. That long thing. Rather than like, Alliance and Horde and like, Venthyr and blah, blah. Like, yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not super into it. And I also switched from Venthyr to Riven, or from Venthyr to Ardenwild. So, like... Yeah, do they expect loyalty in that way? You know, I don't I don't think so. But I think they've done it with, like, Covenant Sanctums in the past. Or not Covenant. Um, they did it with, like, class stuff yeah, in, the, in the past I when they did, it's I think weird. it was Warlords or whatever. Um, Legion. You know, like... Uh, I don't know. I, I would prefer a, yeah. I've never been a, like a for the horde yell type stuff. So maybe yeah. that hit the nostalgic note for other people. It's like, Hey, even though we're not together, we can still cheer in our bedrooms yeah. or our living rooms. Maybe. And maybe that's effective. I personally have found would have found a much more like, you know, we don't really get to do this today. And that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. That's like Lulchin brings up a, a cool point from last year where yes, like everything was late last year. And by the way, everything was leaked this leaked year. This as well. year. <laughs> True. But if you look. La- la- last year, like Jeff Kaplan just went out and said, like, this would be a lot more fun if it wasn't all leaked. And that's a genuine moment, right? Mm-hmm. Like, no matter what you think about that interaction, that's someone like just like that must suck. Everyone understands that that must suck. You want to surprise an audience. You work mm-hmm. very hard for that. And someone that has invested like a minuscule amount of that effort just takes your 
uh, bang, right? Yeah. That must feel like it sucks. And to then not hide that, like, I don't know, that's, that's how you... Uh, it makes him, it makes you feel human. Loyalty, and yeah. there's no reason, like, there's no coincidence on why I think people are enticed by Jeff Kaplan when he comes out and, like, speaks, at least he does a good job if he's faking it from the cuff, right? Dude, like, off let, the top of his head. Let me just say, since Friday, I've, I've like, binged Detroit Become Human, and I felt like I had a deja vu <laughs> after, like, watching that ceremony and then going into Detroit Become Human before the uh, uh, androids turn into deviants, where, like, just, like, hello, Jeff. How is it going? Like, that's just, that's, yes. Like, these people could be androids, like. And I, I, so I need to, I need to make sure that we say this. It is very, it is a lot easier to criticize what was wrong with this oh, than to turn around 100%. and write this ourselves and be like, here's a more yep. genuine script, you guys. Here's, like, I, I do have very specific feedback because yeah, yeah. I've, I've mm -hmm. done a lot of this before and I know how it's done uh, successfully. Uh, but at the same time, like, there's no amount of like forcing, you know, it's just like you go, you, you, you start on the job training at a new job and you have an icebreaker. Nobody wants to do that icebreaker. No, but it yeah. still technically works yep. <laughs> like icebreakers just empirically. work. Yeah. And yep. in the same way here, you're putting people who aren't, you know, number one, they probably aren't that great on stage, but, you know, they put up really nice webcams for everybody. I'm sure they've got lights yeah. up there and everything to kind of, uh, you know, make everything as well produced as possible, which makes your home office even less home office and less like home and less like I can sit back and have a chat. Uh, I mean, I have all this stuff in here and it take it took a long time to make it feel like, ah, oh, yeah, this is this is where I hang out and chill. No, you have to try to have an organic conversation about um, a project that I think a lot of people are. I would be, I would be walking on eggshells around the Overwatch community if that this is what I was bringing to them. I'd be terrified uh, because a lot of people um, weren't. Ha so, hey, a lot of people were pissed about Overwatch two not being in the opening ceremonies at all, and I and I totally yeah. get it. Uh, but there were a lot of people, and I think wrongfully, who were upset about the level of content that we got um, and, and updates that we got from Overwatch 2 in the following panel. And that adds an extra degree of stress and, um, you know, kind of worry. And I got to do this right for those presenters mm -hmm. who, you know, again, are not PR faces of games. They're not your PR social people. They're just you know, lead developers. Though, like, I'll tell you straight up, yes, to a degree, I understand that somehow last year they had to announce that Overwatch 2 was coming because, like, they needed to justify, um, like, the delay of development on the live game. Mm -hmm. But Jesus Christ would have felt better if they were able to present the status quo in the same manner that they did in 2019 now on this 30th anniversary now also keep in mind by the way this is super important to understand if you have to uh, to to arrange development cycles 10 5 to 10 years down the line right so if i in 2015 say let's make a game or probably 2013 and i say 
the game is coming out in 2021 when my uh, 30th anniversary hits. And we're trying to all coincide this. And then a pandemic happens that not only throws off your... Um, your uh, development, but also moves the date of your con to the year where you're actually turning 30, in the month that you're actually turning 30, but then your, develop your content is not ready yet, and it should have been represented at BlizzCon 2021 in November, then that's very different, right? I think, like, whatever we saw this year, and it was, let's be honest, for BlizzCon, it was a relative nothing burger it, across all games, but that's not the measurement stick that we should be using. If a BlizzCon happens in November, I don't think it's known yet, that's when we should expect, for this 30th anniversary, there to be the big announcements of all kinds, mm. like Diablo 4 release date, Overwatch 2 release date, uh, new IP is, was sort of intimated in those talks, I think. Um, like all the uh, the other games, maybe we're getting a new expansion for WoW announced at that time. Um, like, what are the other IPs? Uh, what am I missing? Like, whatever it is, right? But heroes, that's, I guess. Like, in 2014, someone said, let's do something special for, or 2015 or whatever, and for 2021 when we turn 30, and then the pandemic happens, you cannot realistically expect even though this is your anniversary BlizzCon, you can't expect anniversary BlizzCon content. I think that's very important to realize. Okay. Sure. sure. It yeah. feels like this year, like decisions, I, John and I were definitely talking before the show and it feels like there were just so many decisions made and it felt like a lot of them just missed the mark, obviously like choosing to kind of omit Overwatch from the opening ceremony. A decision that they probably had to take pretty pretty heavily chose not to i think was a mistake i i, I won't speak for john um but I, I feel like he probably feels the same um again like not tailoring the broadcast to being online and still kind of writing it like it's a in arena with a crowd having those like call back moments to the crowd so that they can feel like involved maybe it to, to John's point, like maybe it feels kind of home and maybe it feels kind of normal and maybe that's what they were going for. Maybe that hit the note for some people, but I don't see why you couldn't have somebody like Zoe or I think Michelle Morrow has been with Blizzard and, and worked with yeah. them in the past, like sitting her down um, with some of these developers and just having them talk and filming that and taking bits and pieces of that and then putting that out. I feel like that would have definitely gotten a little bit more charisma so that it didn't feel so robotic and monologue -y and so boring because a lot of these notes especially with like the wow burning crusade and like i i enjoyed like the shadowlands little cinematic i thought that was cool but a lot of this was just too long didn't really care it wasn't an hour's <laughs> worth of content it's like hey opening oh. ceremonies an hour so we have to f put together an hour's worth of content let's jam 20 minutes of nostalgia and then mm. 40 minutes of game updates. And this is something that could have been shorter. Um, it could have been, you aren't waiting for people to walk back and forth on yeah. and off stage. You aren't waiting for the lights to come down before you start a cinematic. And bear in mind, we didn't have a single, um, and this is, I think, the first time I've ever seen it. We did not have a single um, 
like fully rendered yeah, cinematic full rendered cinematic this year we had these have uh, all been like in-game game engine ones were all even the yep. uh the rogue one which, which a lot of cool. people thought and it was really it was still really good yeah but like that's a that's an in-game cinematic it's not one of their like traditional not traditional but like one of their really special yeah fully out of you know out of game rendered cinematics it did feel like to to his point it did feel like they were holding their cards they're like okay We'll see what this year looks like, but we're not playing everything. We're we're kind of holding back, and it felt that way. Past like the the non-tailored broadcast, past you know our bias towards Overwatch, it felt very like tight to the chest. Like we have stuff, we're gonna show you what we can, but once we get back into a sense of normal, that's when we'll start to lay out the bombs. Maybe that's a Blizzard bias. Again, I grew up on these games. So maybe maybe the fanboy in me is hoping that there's a little bit more in store, but that, that's the feeling I got. I would like I think so. Twitch has tried to have like two Twitch cons since the pandemic began, and they've both royally yeah. sucked. It's like this could have been an email <laughs> for, for everybody <laughs> yeah. out, uh, working from home right now. I was like, eh, this could, should have mm. just been an email. This didn't feel like it needed to be an email. I totally think that it was worth yeah. calling it oh, for sure. online. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I totally like I, I think they really put a lot of effort into making it feel like a BlizzCon. And I, mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that. And I also appreciate the the challenge. I think that they could have done the entire opening ceremony in 40 minutes. Yep. Um, I think that that would have felt like it was a lot more packed. Um, yeah. with information and it, rather than again like having to have every game lead came up with you know a six seven minute monologue yeah. which doesn't sound like a long time until you're listening to it a six seven minute monologue about how their game they is so great it. and how they you know yeah. whatever and and you know venthyr and maldraxian yeah. and you know all blah, blah 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 like we don't need that type of uh it's not them grandstanding, but that type of like, look at our game, look at all this stuff. Everybody in the room is in and excited. It's like, we're all at home. Mm -hmm. We're watching. We want to see updates about the game. We know you've been working hard during a pandemic. We know development has been tough. We don't have expectations that I think are unrealistic. Uh, So don't try to fill an hour. Just don't try to fill an hour. By the way, do you ever like, I just got hit by the algorithmic universe, just like reeling me in, going like, "Boy, have you like took a take a little look on the left monitor and just see what just popped up on your feed?" And I saw that person posting it, and I was like, "Oh, that guy has usually pretty good takes." So here's the quote: "It is, of course, much easier to complain about how things are bad rather than do anything about it, which is why pre- people prefer to complain." One hundredth the satisfaction, but one trillionth the effort. Plus, when someone eventually fixes the problem, you can pat yourself on the back for having bought, brought up the atten- uh, attention to it. Um, you can even complain about multiple things in the time it would have taken to fix one. And True. it's just like, ah, why are you gonna hit me like this, dude? Like, I'm a journalist, I don't make anything. Like, I'll just <laughs> complain all day. No, no, of course, but yeah, I think that's a good understanding to realize that it's it's a lot easier to talk about than actually deliver the product. It's more like a friendly. I think this would would do be better. better with if, a, yeah, 
Yeah, I, yeah. I think that the discussion's been, I think, fairly thoughtful and, and honest. And there is definitely some pros to these cons that we will get to. This is not all doom and gloom. Pros to these blizz cons? <laughs> I, you know how many like line jokes were made throughout this past weekend? Like, hey, but there's not a line at blizz. Okay, yeah. so now I'm, uh, two CP's gone, guys. How about that, huh? Yeah, we, we love that. No That's blizz, great. Uh, yeah, bathroom lines are short. Yeah. Dude, those bathroom lines are crazy. Like, yeah, overly so. Like, that and like the beer line. The beer line is long. Do okay. not go to a drink cart. Go to the okay. random. Can, can I ask? Because huh. at every, like, I've. I'm fortunate enough to live very close to Gamescom. Yeah. So I've gone twice or so, right? Mm -hmm. Every time I would have liked to have either like applied a face mask to myself or plucked my nose with candle wax or whatever. Is it smelly? It can be. It, it can be a little sweaty in like packed areas. Like if you're so the way that they do again from memory, the way that they do some of the demos is they snake a line. So it's not just like a line. It just kind of like curves in itself. So like you can be kind of around a lot of people um, and yeah, it can get a little it's usually pretty cold in there. Um, so either people are bundling up and they get a little sweaty or they're just sweaty people. Um, but most of the time it's pretty fine. Um, just a lot of walking kind of just big and flat uh not like too many places to like sit i guess would be one of my complaints but that and obviously the overpriced like Old beverages man. and yeah really <laughs> i just want to sit and have coffee like that's Water about it like i'm <laughs> i get up at 5 a.m after sleeping for about two hours i'm just like i just want to eat my like mcdonald's breakfast and like have coffee with friends like if we could just all go to denny's and like call it a day and like have a nap <laughs> like i'd be pretty cool with that that's like the only thing I miss about like BlizzCon. Other than that. You miss the naps? Definitely not naps had, but I wish I wish there was designated time for a nap at BlizzCon, but there's definitely mm. too many people to see, too many drinks, too many beats to hit, too many demos you want to play. Um just shit to do. So no no naps. I wish there was naps, so naps would be nice. Yeah. I would have one after the show. Um, yeah, but we did get, here's the thing. And, and, and the last thing I'll say it's such a good puff is, um, we did get it. I feel like we got enough content to warrant like an update in the opening yes. ceremony. I think uh, the reason why they didn't do that is because so much is up in the air. You don't want to necessarily like, there's a lot maps? of content. Are, that's not up in the air. You think the maps are up? In yeah, the air? no, that's true. But would so that feel not like up in the air? I think yes, that's that's I think you could have presented Sojourn. I'm not sure how far along she is, even though like showing like first person footage is already teetering the line of pretty serious. So yeah, I guess I, I guess these two things could have been shown. I, I feel like they could have taken that forty five minute panel, broke it down into like a five minute kind of like really kind of fast updates like you know what we don't have a ton to show you right now but here's the cool stuff we've been working on two new mm -hmm. maps sojourners coming along great we're looking at a railgun for this and we're really excited 
Uh, we're not, you know, saying no to anything um, for this rewrite. We maybe didn't launch Overwatch 1 the right way the first time because of everything that came before it with Titan and timelines and all that kind of stuff. So Overwatch 2 needs to be launched right. We're going to the gun ranges. We're um, uh, reconsidering 2CP and other game modes. There Nothing is off the table. Now. Whoa. Yeah, like look at the talent trees. Look how far they've come. Double fire strike. Cancelable charge. That that like five minute just rapid fire of like, here's everything we've been doing. Now come to the 45 minute um, yes. panel where we drag it out. I think would have played super well. And it's like, you know what? We didn't get a cinematic. There's not, you know, there's no release date. They've done a lot of work for it. And instead, if you didn't go and watch the panel, um, it may yep. have felt to you that there's nothing new or updating on Overwatch 2. What has the team been up to? Why don't we have a release date? What the hell is going on? And I I don't know. I'm just like, that That warranted five minutes to me, a five-minute quick cut, yep. go yep. for it type of thing. And then just like, we know you want a release date. We know you want cinematics. We know you want more content right now. We are fully just focused on launching Overwatch 2 right. And we are just as impatient as you are to get it into your hands. Yep, I agree. Like there, I, I position myself. Somebody kind of planted this in my head. Position yourself at BlizzCon. You, you go into the arena, at least for me, and I, I, I really resonated with this. You go for opening ceremonies, you watch that, and that's when all the big announcements are had. That's when like you, the peak viewership is had. The fact that you like your game is not announced at like the biggest stage. Opening ceremony is probably the biggest thing. Like again, for the majority of people, if you have you know you personally have something that you kind of want to watch more, that's okay. But I I think I feel safe in saying that the majority of people are there for opening ceremonies and then they go about their business. Um, the fact that Overwatch was not mentioned, or at least not even pointed towards like where you could find more information, did fall a little flat. And I, I think that if I was at the arena, you know, at the Anaheim Convention Center, it was not mentioned. I would have not gone to the behind the scenes panel. Would have not happened. I, I, I would have left with a very sour taste in my mouth. Why weren't we mentioned? Like, what, what's happening? Why is this going this way? Is it getting delayed? I don't know. Maybe that's different because it's online. It's it, it was it was very bizarre. I, I did come up like I was thankful that the behind the scenes panel existed. Um, I think more people probably should have been pointed that direction, though, um, with like what John's saying, like a five minute little like, hey. And I, I, somebody kind of compared it to like a Nintendo or they would have rather had it like a Nintendo Direct where like a developer comes out like, hey, this is our quick update for this game that you've been waiting for. It's not ready. We promise we're working. Here's a quick little teaser. OK, bye. Like, yeah. that's enough. Point them in the direction of the panel if they want to hear about it more. Yep. You know, on to Starcraft, you know, keep the show moving. It just needs to be, you know, I think mentioning the show at least and giving it like just a tiny sliver of time would have done better better than just like not mentioning it at all and being like sweeping it under the rug casually and again yeah. i think that your twitter feed during the opening ceremonies once it ended we we're just like uh yeah what's going on where's overwatch like yeah. no no that no road crazy. signs it was it was very very bizarre twitter was crazy yeah again these are these are the 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 cons 
there are pros from that behind the scenes talk that are very eye-opening and surprising frankly i think i was i left from that and the subsequent like discussion and and talk around some of the changes that they're interesting and you're interested in making like like kind of pleasantly surprised at how much they're open to tinkering with this game yeah and not in a bad way anymore it's not like these there are fundamental changes but i think there's a lot more positive to these than just like we don't know guys try this i really feel like if if like you could un-pr jeff kaplan because this would never get approved by pr but i feel like jeff would just go overwatch one was an incredible game but it wasn't ready and we were i would love and we didn't launch it correctly overwatch two Oh, Overwatch, what I wouldn't pay. Overwatch 2, we're, we're going to do it right this time. We have the time. We have a game right now, live, that people still really love to play. We have a healthy esports scene. Um, we're, gonna, we're just going to do it right because at the end of the day, um, we know what, you know, launching a game that uh, maybe could have been better feels like. Mm. And we don't do that very often at Blizzard. And uh, so it, we're really committed to that. But again, PR would never approve that <laughs> in a million years. But I, th- I think the point stands of, you know, like that's, I didn't get that from the opening ceremony because it wasn't even mentioned at all. It just felt like they were trying to like sweep under the rug and just be like, you know, like a pocket sand. And then they're like, <laughs> trying to like, yeah. you know, don't look over here. Don't look over here. And thankfully, I care enough about Overwatch to watch the panel. Yeah. And yeah. be like, oh, a lot of great stuff. And oh, they're like going way more into this than I had expected, but I had hoped. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah. Okay. Can you, can you explain that for me? Because that was a weird notion that I saw often repeated about the seriousness of where Overwatch 2 is going, where people felt. BlizzCon 2019 didn't communicate the depth of the vision for Overwatch 2 to them, and I didn't feel like I learned anything new about depth. So can you guys explain that to me, why, why you felt that? Uh, I, I don't know if I necessarily understand the feeling, but I, I, when you pointed out, I definitely under... I think I kind of can wrap my head around it. I think in 2019, they were caught up in like the shiny new toy, like, hey, we're going to do a sequel. This is what we're going to do. This is how it's going to be implemented. This is what we kind of want to do. Like it was kind of more of an announcement around the novelty, not necessarily talking about like how much they were going to repurpose, fix, restructure, you know, change, alter, you know, fixing the map pool, adding maps, adding heroes, you know, it was a lot all at once. And I think the vision kind of gets glossed over there's not enough time for them to go like hey we're gonna plan on redoing all of the audio this is what it's gonna sound like we haven't even done it yet but you know the the i think what really drove that home is that audio segment where they're like look this is us in the field we're testing all these guns and like there's multiple different you know audio kind of cues for where you are in the map and how they sound and really kind of getting granular with it 2019 lacked that because they were still trying to announce it. Like they were trying to like buy people in. 
now that they've been bought in, they can kind of go into those really itty gritty, like, this is what we really want to do. Hopefully we can get some more of this in there. Hopefully we can talk to you guys more. We can really start to drive home at that. And I think that's maybe where that feeling comes from. I I think, I think also like the demo was so basic last BlizzCon Mm -hmm. that as it, I mean, it was basic. Like again, like if this is where we're not even looking at a 2021 release, we're looking maybe even later than 2022. Like, can we talk about this? How weird this is that 2019, you have a playable demo with like pro players there and like streamers Mm -hmm. and 2021, you don't even have it on your uh, ceremony like that. That just screams to me, 2019 was a pure business decision that forced out the... Or it was a mistake. Or, so or they I, just... I have two theories on this. Mm. So I want to add something to your original question. So first, I feel like people left BlizzCon 2019 feeling like Overwatch 2 was a ported update um, with mm-hmm. PvE in the sense that mm. We're going to update some of the on-screen graphics a little bit. We're going to change some engines for better performances. And then we're adding a PVE mode. Um, and it's it's very clear that... I, I guess that that's not technically wrong, but the level of depth um, definitely varies from... You can just you know port that all over and then you know, be done versus like we're going to redesign every single asset and every single thing. We've got this character from Overwatch 1 that we can kind of bring over and then... you know. It, do whatever changes we need to for Overwatch 2, but we're not as in we're not building him from scratch. But it, next to that, this is largely a game that we're building um, from scratch, and I think that that is that was actually much more communicated this year than it was in 2019. Um, and maybe it was they tried to communicate that and it just came across as PR speak, or tinfoil hat on. They started going down the route of Overwatch 2 and realized how much they wanted to do or how much they could do or how much better they felt that they could make the game mm-hmm. if they took a step back and did it right. Um, and that's, tin, that's totally tinfoil hat. Um, I don't know what, because that, that feels like a Mike Morheim type of decision, right? Where it's just like, you know what, yeah. guys? Like, just chill out and, and take your time and get this right because this needs to be an IP that we put alongside Starcraft, Warcraft, and Diablo. Mm-hmm. And right now, mm-hmm. Overwatch 1, while amazing in so many different ways, isn't that, and we need to get it there. But then it's kind of weird to be also like, for him to also be like, okay, now peace out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so at the same time, if this is the type of leadership that, you know, Jeff Kaplan gets to do because he's senior vice, or because he's vice president now, that's great. Or... Mm. I find least likely if Jay Allen Brack is the one who goes, you know what? There's still some Blizzard DNA here and we need to launch this right. I don't know who ultimately is making that decision, but that's my tinfoil hat um, conspiracy about how I think it happens is they got this playable demo of something that's like, we need to revive Overwatch and we need to do it in a way that makes um, yep. that makes sense. Um, Destiny did it. Let's do it. And then... Um, Somebody at some point said, hold on, let's not let's not over prioritize the short term look without looking at the long term. We don't want to have Overwatch three in 2024. Yep, I I think I agree on a lot of those beats. I think. 
I think they didn't get the feedback they wanted. And I think that helped them sell this to the executives to be like, look, this is what we expected. This is kind of what we got in terms of player feedback, in terms of actual people interested, in terms of, you know, the, the community response. Um, the, this is what people are tangibly like really saying about what they saw with this demo. Let us do it right. I think in a weird way, it was, a again, tinfoil hat. I think it was a good thing that the demo came out at, when it did as it did and it was so kind of milk toast about it like it was just a it was kind of what we hoped it wouldn't be where it was just like this on rail super linear just like hey go to the end and maybe shoot some bad guys i guess like people people were like yeah it's cool like i like the update like it seems kind of fun it's i'm better. interested to see where they go it's an yeah. improvement but, it but was it's also... really nothing changed like it was lucio and it was reinhardt like it didn't feel We've different. It just felt like a skin update. Ups. Yeah, a skin yeah. update. And then they put you in a bunch of kind of cement rooms to go from thing to thing to, you know, fight waves of Omnix. If, if that was used to go like, look, if you want us to do this in a year, a la Call of Duty Activision, this is what you're going to get. And this is what people had to say about it. If we want to do it right. We have to move the date way back here. And I genuinely feel like internally they had to move the date. I don't think you come out with a playable demo like that. I don't think you come out and really start to talk about these things if you weren't ready to release this year. And I think they internally pushed it back. That's my conspiracy. That's my speculation. But I think this is definitely delayed internally. And that's why it is being handled the way it is. It feels like a step back to Yuska's point earlier, talking about like the opening ceremony and what that you know messaging was like it. It did feel like a step back from 2019. You go from a demo and announcing and you expect a release date sometime soon and to not being mentioned to being kind of you know stowed away back on a panel. And it looks good. A lot more again. That vision was very clear. But yeah, just just very, very strange. And again, hopefully they do it right. Hopefully this isn't cyberpunk. And I think if we, I think we were probably very close to being cyberpunk this year. We would have been cyberpunked. Ashton Kutcher would come out and be like, hey, you know, just the, the typical Ashton nods. Kutcher? Punked? Oh. Hey. The old memes. What we the got there. Memes? We got there. When, when did that show go off air? <laughs> I don't know. 1990 something. Punked. To be punked. This kid just make a 2000s reference. Let's see. I mean, come on. It's uh, pretty old. Well, they had uh, he did. Did a they Super reboot Bowl it or try to reboot it this year? Ashton Kutcher is the first time I've seen him in anything. He's been doing great he's stuff with trafficking, right? though. No, he does. He's yeah, like, yeah. I think he's doing a ton of stuff with like human trafficking. He's like, yeah, he's a big like humanitarian. He's got like other investments. I think he has like a alcohol brand or something. Or I don't know. Wasn't he for a while like the the sh in the Shock Tank? I know. I don't think so. Not the ones so, that I've seen. Someone, someone, fill me in here if I'm wrong. I think you're wrong. Okay, I think so too. But yeah, I mean, okay, I I don't want to derail too much because I know we're definitely going a little short on time. I want to be a little positive about the announcements. No, I want to. The railgun looks cool. Sojourn guys looks pretty nifty. I want to play. I, I hope Everything that that comes out. about the game looks great. There's yeah. not a single thing I didn't like about what I heard about Overwatch 2. 
Oh, you will hate my take. It's more about the really? stuff I didn't hear. Yes, agreed. Like, I, I would have liked to have more, but I'm okay with waiting. You've definitely enticed me in ways I didn't know I was enticeable. So let's hear your take before we get super positive. No, nah, no, nah, you guys got to go first. <laughs> okay, I guess we're going to end yeah, I can't, We, we can't just talk about Overwatch 2 and me just going, nah, bro. <laughs> so I first kind of had my eye or my ears, you know, peaked when they kind of teased or, or sh revisited the, the talent system. Um, if you're going to make it like a wow, like a mid 2000s, like wrath era, like wow talent tree. You have to give as long, not that you have to, but as long as you give players like a a progression system in that way and an actual like fun battleground to kind of like go around and like do all these like weird hero missions and whatever it's going to be as long as the pve isn't really just like stale i think that that will be a like gigantic hit with a lot of people including myself like i would love to like party up with even just people in our community you guys and just go and like do like a hard mission and like really kind of min max the talents and like i can see myself doing that and like genuinely enjoying it i think overwatch is fun to play but when it comes to the pvp side of things it is very frustrating it is very annoying but when it comes to pv that that goes at least mildly to the wayside um or it could so i saw like a little bit more there that i think built that air like that area up for overwatch for me at least i think that could be a successful push for a lot of people to, to get back into this game. Then you had, if I'm remembering the, the run of show, right. Then you had like the announcements of like Reinhardt's like rework in a way. And I thought that was really eye opening. I'm like, wow, I didn't expect that from overwatch two because this was supposed to be just this reskinned PVE, blah, blah, blah. It again, kind of doubled down on that vision. It, it, it opened my eyes to what else they could do. What other reworks are they kind of teasing? They, they talked about like the role updates. They really didn't, you know, to use a Yiskaism, it was very much a nothing burger, but I don't think it was mentioned for no reason. I think there probably will be role updates for some of these heroes. Again, obviously Roadhog being probably the biggest target in people's minds to go like, well, is he a tank? How do we envision him as a tank? What are we going to do with him? Um, the, the passives were interesting. I think that has been something that I won't say that I've been on the soapbox for, but I think giving people a little bit of customization and, and to be fair, what they showed was not necessarily customization, but I think you can take this and make it a little bit customizable when it comes to PVP, a la like a League of Legends rune system and having that pushed to the PVP side of things would give people a little bit more uh, or give them different ways to differentiate themselves to, to, to the others and, and really kind of showcase the game a little bit more, if that makes sense. Um, I, yeah, I, I was, the passives are interesting. The rework was interesting. The maps I could really care less about. They're pretty, but, um, yeah, a, a lot of positives. I think Sojourn looks cool. I think her primary fairy looks sick. Like seems very fun to play. I want more, but I, I was left with mildly surprised, but caught obviously like very, very cautiously optimistic. And I didn't think I was going to be. So that's my rant. 
Oh, and two CPs gone. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I liked it. Like, there's there's nothing for me, honestly, that I I didn't like about anything. It's not about the content. It's about the messaging, and companies mm. still don't get that. Um, and I think Blizzard right now doesn't get that. It's not about the content. It's about the messaging. There are people that we know who can you know, you could put Jeff up there and um and announce a, a nothing burger and mm-hmm. the community would largely still be really hyped about it because Jeff uh and I don't think he does it intentionally is just a natural communicator now. I don't know what's happened since the Tiggle days to now, but he's oh, he become, was back then too. I mean he was but I guess it was <laughs> in a different way. <laughs> different way, channeled uh, differently. You know, some people are just, you know, uh, blessed with that type of um, communication style. Some people have to learn it over time. Some people like myself are just hopeless. That happens. (laughs) Um, But it was just the communication here. That's it. It's just it's Mm. it's it's the messaging. It's not the content. Um, And speaking of communication, Jeff openly is and again. Till he does it, I'm taking this as lip service, has said that he wants to, you know, he wants the team and the community to be a little bit more, you know, connected and their communication channels are definitely going to be increased. Yes, more frequent. I'll believe it when I I see it. Yeah, Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. So, uh, but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and and leave myself open to the the possibility of it happening. If it doesn't, again, no expectations lost. It's how it's always been. But. If it does happen, then it'll be a welcome change and something that I think the community kind of needs, especially the Overwatch side of things, because we aren't getting anything for a while, or at least not uh, to our knowledge. So, um, yeah. All right, yes, Jessica, go ahead and shoot over. us down. Okay, so here we caveat. Let let me caveat this because what I'm about to say has nothing to do with objective facts about the universe. In essence. I'm really just communicating taste, right? And mm-hmm. I think we don't do that enough. And in in a way, like there are underlying goals that we're all looking for, and mm-hmm. uh, which manifest in taste or axioms or whatever you want to call them. Sure. But to communicate those, I think is fruitful. In order to have the other side understand why there might have been disappointment. That said, that doesn't imply that you did anything wrong, and I'm sure you actually served your cus- most of you, like the most amount of customers, by doing what you did. Now, nothing what I saw about Overwatch 2 interested me in terms of wanting to buy the game. I actively actually you won't re- have to free to play. <laughs> True. I'm actually concerned that how different it is, right? We're getting such deep talent trees. We're getting very different scenarios, how characters play. Mm-hmm. Um, the, like, I ran a poll on Twitter a while ago. What people expect would be the bigger thing for esports viewership. If it would be uh, Overwatch PvP going free to play. Or Overwatch 2 coming out. And I think Overwatch 2 coming out was 60% of those votes. Those 60% gotta be high. If anything, like, as much as it will bring probably people to the table, there's definitely also something to be said about siphoning off people. 
I already see the possibility of an MDI type of uh, tournament mm -hmm. structure uh, coming in. If people don't know what that is, it's like in World of Warcraft, there's now a competition. It's effectively time trials. It's time trials, basically running dungeons quicker than another team, uh, split screen, and those get huge viewership. Actually, I think more than WoW PvP. Now, oh. uh, in, in Arena. Now, I don't... I don't think that it took away necessarily viewers. It also from uh, Arena. It also didn't seem to have helped. So, but they're not addressing WoW PvP by an Arena viewership thing to begin with. Overwatch is is a, is a multiplayer online game. Yes, at its core. But, yeah, but where do you see the WoW disconnect between? How so? It's very PvE centric. It's largely PvE centric, and the arena community is and so well Overwatch to be. Yeah, I, I think. Sure, I don't. I don't think I disagree. Um, I think we get becoming an afterthought, and the old old WoW arena player already mm -hmm. sees a large issue in terms of uh, divergence of d development time. Between yeah, the PvE have. and PvE sector, yeah. to the detriment of us even more than it is now. Mm -hmm. I think because the push and pull of PvP is just fundamentally flawed. I mean, that's a uh, big discussion, but uh, arena, sure, arena. Now, and are we talking about battlegrounds or arena? I like battlegrounds, but I think they're both really fundamentally flawed. Well, while Arena was at a time the biggest esports in the world. I understand. I mean, yeah, at a time. At a time, at a time when there were three other esports. Yeah. Yeah. It I mean, the there were biggest big. game on the block. Yeah, it was uh, one point six Quake that during that time, right? Two thousand nine, two thousand ten. They were pioneering yes. a, a new genre in, a, and it wasn't an amazing competitive experience. Yes, and it wouldn't be nearly as big you know, as it launched today, even if there were no other MMOs. You know which game also still is fundamentally flawed as a PvP experience? Overwatch. Well, I think most games probably are. Just, I mean, I think everybody has their flaws, but... I mean, fundamentally uh, flawed in the sense that there's a very clear... See, there, there's nothing that you can do without fundamentally changing WoW Arena to make it a successful esport again. Oh, yes. And the same is true for Overwatch 1. I agree. And what are the likelihoods after what you've seen that this will come out change. as such? Yeah. Mm. To, to change enough of it? I think they're addressing enough of the underlying systems, and I think that there's enough that we still don't know about. You'll notice mm. they never said, like, would you guys be open to uh, talent trees in competitive PvP for Overwatch? Jesus Christ, get me out of here. Nah. Really? You don't think that gets some... You don't think you just... Like, you build items in yeah, League of Legends? Okay. Like, you don't so have like, those yeah, type yeah. of... Okay. I may and I build this thing, has... and now I have 20% damage reduction because I got I got <sighs> these stats over time? Like, you Look, don't think that there's room for that? Here's, here's the one little voice that agrees with you, and that's the guy that has to find SEO guides to write so people click on them. Right? 
Sure. What are like the best the channels best for Tracer? Tracer. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Everything else about that, just nah. Just nah. They're, they're usually way more intrusive and like difficult to wrap your head around than than they're worth. Um, you can see League of Legends is very clear on that. Like they had a very literally a carbon copy print of what you're saying back in the day like it was a, this talent tree system and you would have different builds and whatnot and they were like mm, people really don't get this so we're just going to give them like little keywords to kind of click on and that seems to work and i think that that would be something i would be interested in seeing when it comes to overwatch like little passive well not little but like a the big passive implementation is not what's on trial sure. here mm, eh, no but i think one is a little bit more dangerous than the other I mean, we're just talking about ways to augment your character throughout a game via progression yes. and stats. That just law generally, I would agree with as long as it's not super intrusive, I suppose. Like an inherently functional experience for an esports game mm -hmm. is likely like one of those symptoms of a game like that or indicators is probably that you don't need to change a thing in order for that to be uh, still remain uh, interesting. For people to play like csgo like cs in general sure we're so far away from an evergreen formula and i agree yes we saw some progression towards like i mean i speculated some like only yeah, one instance that. that we saw uh two <laughs> tanks i think roadhog is probably the iffiest tank in that role anyway mm -hmm. and then we never saw more than five people on a team at any given moment sure. that's an interesting change so or uh, speculative change also yeah. by the way like i'm definitely not saying that this is nailed right what yeah. i'm saying though is if you look at how the signals are being sent from like distribution of characters to what the experimental cards were to the uh, kaneska i still can't remember what it's called but the four man tournament yeah. uh thing um like that being for like they're like, interested in I'm, changing or, or experimenting. I'm very with this. Yeah. sure that they are at least playing with the idea of that being mm -hmm. um, 100% being a thing, right? So that could help, but it's still a clutter, dude. So okay, like, let me let me try to synthesize so at least I understand, and maybe other people might be able to get like at me, the heart of what you're trying I'm to say. Lost. I I I think I am too, but I'm not sure. So okay. the point you're trying to make and correct me if I'm wrong, is that nothing that we saw at the Overwatch 2 behind-the-scenes panel yeah. entices you to, in, in the way that nothing was shown that fixes like the, the core issues in making the format of Overwatch evergreen. You only saw like another bar added to that bar chart. So we had PvP, and we haven't... What you saw didn't refine the PvP bar. All you saw was the PvE bar get introduced and like get jumped does that kind of make sense or is that kind of what you're saying yeah basically what i saw was we are in a nest we just got out of our egg like uh -huh. maybe a two a day uh, before yeah and then suddenly next to our uh egg a, a bigger egg hatches and just mm -hmm. goes me 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 and it's like this bigger chick that now gets more of the food while we PvE content by the way is the yes. weird chick. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, while we get the scraps, and eventually the PvE content kicks us out of the nest to a degree. Mm, 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 mm. It kicks us out so that we can fly on our own. If we, if, if this, it, to play within your metaphor, if we're allowed to be able to do, or if the, the Overwatch League brass is allowed to fiddle with the game, or not the game, but the format in their vision alone, because PvE has eclipsed them and isn't leading the ship anymore, then I think we could be thriving in the shadow. Bro, bro, th there's, fine. yes, there's one chance how this works. We get our ice frog through the uh, workshop somehow. Sure. If that happens, yes, I agree. Well, we also, we, yes, we, we could also try to just like splice an atom using our fingernails or something. Like, this is not going to happen anywhere else again. So, uh, so I mean, I, I just, I think I just fundamentally disagree. I don't think, so mm -hmm. number one, if they, if it is, as you say, and PVE is this bigger chick and then Overwatch 2 or Overwatch Esports gets neglected, that's Blizzard essentially giving up on Esports. They don't have a singular Esports title in their catalog. Yeah. Heroes is gone. And then the Starcraft, other ones are just gone. very like maintained. Nah, you know, you've got the Hearthstone Masters Tour. You've got uh, Diablo leaderboards, I guess. Don't they have Arena or something too or something weird hey, like that? Mm, no. Nothing that you have MDI. It, it's very hobbyist. It's very, you know, and some people make livings yep. with it and that's great, but it's by no means what we would call, you know, a, a premier esport, a B esport, or even a C esport on most of those things. Overwatch is the only potential of doing that. Overwatch has, at this point, over half a billion dollars invested into its sure. in infrastructure and Overwatch League. Mm -hmm. how, much, how much of that force did you see thrown around and has actually actively changed the title to, at this point? How much do you think? Shouldn't that have already met it? Well, I mean, I feel like that's a little unfair or or yeah unfair i think a lot of that probably went to establishing not necessarily refining if i'm to understand your point at least yes yeah um so, so yes number one establishing number two it's you it it takes a lot to leapfrog and kind of force an esport there and i think that that you know to, to build overwatch as an esport $500 million wasn't the most um, efficient way to do that, I don't think, but it was the fastest way to do that. Um, yep. And so, yes, I think that we are much further along because we spent $500 million up front to get Overwatch League to where it is. Right. But it's also a significant decade-long commitment to, to the eSport overall um, and, and something that we didn't see Blizzard do anywhere else. On top of that, uh, revenue models for PVE are not nearly as lucrative for Overwatch and Overwatch 2 based on what we're seeing and what we're hearing versus the loot box model. And I don't think that you can sell loot boxes for PVE content as effectively as you can for PVP. Would you be open to really? seeing that thought changed in Overwatch 2? If they were to introduce something like a battle pass that's been pretty successful elsewhere, like... 
are you open to that thought being changed with the the reboot of the game? I just haven't seen it. I just don't think that sure, you can you can monetize PVE content as easily as you can PVP content. And I, I can't Fair. I can't think of a single scenario in which that isn't the case. The thing is, our P PVP monetization. Like, do you think that's actually a successful model? The loot box model? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's successful. It's successful. In, I think that it, in, in I think it's too consumer friendly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, think, I think Activision will do uh, what it does um, in finding a way to making getting less feel more fun. <laughs> yeah. as, as dumb as that sounds. Um, battle passes rotating um skin shops rotating. the potential for overwatch league to be monetized or overwatch competitive overwatch pvp overwatch to be monetized um i think is exponential compared to where it is now mm -hmm. i think that was also one of their biggest mistakes with overwatch it was their revenue yep. model um uh, because like it or not be changed the, the the current battle pass microtransaction microtransaction revenue model is a key driver to monthly active users. There are people right. who log in um, to you know Rocket League every forty eight hours to just see what's in the store. What's because in the shop? Yeah. Am I gonna get the white version of the portal splooge? So it looks like I'm splooging all over my import my opponents at the end of the 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 game and stuff. Like mm -hmm. I don't know if splooge is is a is a not. I don't please. know if we've got a figure that out for explicit or not <laughs> but it's there's absolutely better ways to monetize overwatch as mm. an esport and and this comes from from two ways right so as consumers we want to spend the least as we can to while having the most enjoyable experience right uh, at the same time we also want the game to be around here for a long time and I don't know of very many people who wouldn't prefer a, a little bit more um, expensive cosmetic transaction model in Overwatch to give it longer health, more assets mm -hmm. to develop and create. Yep. And I think PVE, I don't think, does that. And you can't, you can't subsidize your PVE development with mm -hmm. the stuff that you get from PvP if you are asserting that PVP is getting abandoned for PVE because again, I have no idea and I have yet to see a successful <laughs> PVE model that is an expansion based. Now you have to buy yeah. all you have to buy new adventures or something like that, or heaven forbid have to buy certain power ups to, to complete yeah. your content, which would <laughs> be disgusting. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so I, I, I think it's super unlikely. And so I think that the lifeblood revenue model for overwatch comes from PVP. And that is why, I think we're safe. Do you think they could be tied? So it isn't just one or the other, but they could I think be both can activity be healthy. in Overwatch. I think both can be healthy. I don't know, like tied, like 50-50 is kind of weird. Is well, it 55-45, 60-40? Is it the other way around? Let me let me paint this picture then. All right. Um paint if we're under the picture. if we're under the assumption that Overwatch 2 is, you know, you have to purchase it to play the PvE content, but you can also, in this hypothetical, purchase a battle pass. And just any activity within Overwatch, whether it be in Workshop or in custom games or in matchmaking, comp queue, whatever, daily missions to add XP to your battle pass, whatever it is, if you play Overwatch, you increase your battle pass. That way it's tied and isn't just PvP or, 
or PVE. It's just playing Overwatch. As long as you're playing Overwatch, you're you're progressing in the game, or you feel like you have a sense of progression. Is that something you think could be successful, or do you def- think it's I think specific? You definitely tie tie progression. You don't want people to feel like they're they're not progressing their PvP side because they're playing PVE. In the same way, like remember how no one played custom games because you you were you wouldn't level up. And you yeah. wouldn't get loot boxes and you wouldn't, you got a lot less for custom games so that people couldn't farm it right. and they still try, but, um, you, you know, they, you have to have some sort of cross progression there, yeah. but I don't think that that that's more about you being able to play the game, how you want to play when you want to play it and less about forcing more people into PVE or PVP. Sure. I, th- I also think that like the p- the parts that it's between the two games, they are very essentially not the same games. Oh, yeah. if you're a PvP as player, you don't care about right law now, anymore. Anymore, anyway. Sure, but what, I, I don't know. What? Are I don't you just think... saying PvP players don't care about the story? Yeah. PvE. <laughs> I mean, like, so the whole thing that Dota is doing with their whole animated oh, series say, and stuff, they don't care the, about that the either? PvP players that care about the esports don't care about law. I tend we, to disagree we also, with that. I don't think we've been given a reason to be fair. There really hasn't been. To John's point, I think Bro. they're... I, hear me out. I think people are willing to give something a chance if there's, like... If it seems fun, and it seems like a, an interesting activity, reading a forum post, what is effectively a forum post, isn't going to entice anybody. I don't think Blizzard has given people a reason from the competitive side of things to really care or even try to care. If there was an Overwatch TV show, I, yeah, I'd give it a try. I don't think I'd be a monthly user, but I'd give it a look. So here's, this is here's another Halo. Oh, sorry. Can I just yeah. use Halo as an example really quick? Sure. I don't know a single professional Halo player who didn't oh. beat the campaign on yeah. Legendary. I don't know a single one. Not a single one. That's not that they care massively about the lore or blah 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 but it's just like but they were given a reason to. you get you have so much time in that game they're gonna play the pve content at least once through yeah. but it's not that's that's very different than them caring about it we have a lot of casual friends you know joe yeah. joe just said like it'd be really fun you know to go with you guys and do a hard mission together and stuff sure and, you know they're you aren't having. You I don't know, know the story by heart but... and and in yeah. violet and uh, Taya or whatever going in and doing that together unless that's, they're like doing it as a funny thing on stream but that's also like the 0.1% of the competitive player base if we're just talking about the competitive players I know you uh, in Overwatch League level and like contenders level um, but there's a lot I, I'm assuming that you meant it more um, broadly as in you know anybody who considers competitive their primary form of so I, guess just gaming I don't think any Halo player enjoyed, or like a vast majority of people enjoy play that the campaign for the enjoyment of the story, but rather the execution of mechanics. That's the archetypical yeah. esports follower that I know. Just nobody, like, actually, really, legitimately, yes, I think uh, Dota making a story out of this is. Uh, if that universe itself is not enticing and can't stand on its own, I think the overlap will not be big. I also think the same <coughs> for League of Legends. Also, yeah. 
I don't see how you can just open up the show about the diagram of of esports people and anime manga people being a circle and then being like, but they don't care about PvE. Or they don't they don't care about story. Dude, I don't care about graphics. I don't care about story in my uh, esports games. I would play stick figures playing against each other's on angles sure. if the mechanics were satisfying and were leading to a, <coughs> a satisfying experience. And the, mm. I don't know any esports pros that don't think this. Like, nobody from the pros that played, like, Junkertown or whatever said, like, oh, it's so atmospheric. They looked at the leaderboard and wanted to be first. That's why people min-max play these things. Like, yeah, yeah. esports e people do not play for the enjoyment of the game. They play for the satisfaction of the game. I just think I fundamentally I feel like we're talking about different uh, things and we're circling how so, to communicate okay. it to each other. How do, how do games like Counter-Strike without lore succeed? They're fun games to play. Well, they're also kind of falling apart. I don't know if you've noticed. Not doing a whole whole great job of keeping keeping their that scene alive. It's been they're alive for over having 20 years. Agreed without competition, to be fair. It's, without it's also with limited not, updates. It's also not because Counter-Strike has no, no competition, story. To be fair. It's also not because that because Counter-Strike has no story, it's a better game. Okay, here's here's why like not only is story in the way of progression towards a better game, <laughs> because you got to figure that out, but PVE is in the, uh, in the uh, way of progression. <laughs> if you believe that this game, PvP, needs 40 more characters, it has now been impossible to achieve this in the next 10 years. Sure. Agreed. Because there's not still, only do you problems. need to come up with a lore, you need to come up with a full-blown 30-plus ability uh, talent tree in order yeah. to uh, launch new characters. I mean, passive, not ability, but that's semantics. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I mean, I I see what you're saying. I think you're, over, I I think you're over exaggerating the amount of work and effort that actually takes. Uh, I think it's, that takes a lot of it's effort. Not like, it's not like you... They just like put together a character and then um, throw, throw it um and, and there's just story teams waiting for them to put together that character before they decide what it's about and the lore's going. Those are being um developed in tandem. It's like saying right, it's, it's but that like would take saying longer. it's like so you're you're the guy was, who yells at the social media manager for not fixing the bugs. If if companies didn't just didn't have social media managers, bugs would get fixed faster in games. Social media is at odds with I mean customer. If it support. was so easy. If it was so easy, why are we not getting any uh, heroes until BlizzCon, uh, Overwatch 2 launch? Because it's an entirely different game. Sorry? Because it's an entirely different game. And there's, there's definitely marketing reasons. Like, there isn't just one particular reason why this is It's an happening. entirely different game. One is being neglected Why by am the, I not the renovating the apartment uh. of the building that's getting demolished next week? Oh, so you agree that PvE will hurt uh, PvP? For Overwatch 1, we are in a very different hold... Like, we're in a holding pattern here. Sure. I, like, I get Doesn't this, need like, to be if it was so I, easy to I get implement this, characters. Characters is not what is wrong with Overwatch 1. It is. 100%. Yeah. 
the no, number one reason. It's not yeah. the only. It's not enough to not just throw only. a bunch of more characters there. Overwatch one is still not a good enough esport if you just throw new characters at it. I it wholeheartedly would, it would have it would help. It has it, systematic, it, it, it fundamental things that yes, need to be fixed. I agree. On top sure. of additional characters, I agree. And the best band-aid that exists that may as well be as powerful as the actual solution is frequent character launches. However, no doubt in my mind. However, you have a hemorrhaging base right now. So you, here's yes. we're, we're going to PR True. here a second. Despite coming out with new heroes and characters for years, the player base has always been hemorrhaging hemorrhaging for Overwatch. It yes. has not corrected the curve. Would you yes. agree? Yeah. So you have two choices. Continue to hemorrhage and but still keep up with that development cycle. Slowing down your development, by the way, for what you believe is the fix to actually fix the trend. Or you cut it off, you put the assets into the new thing, and then you do what Destiny 2 did and go, boom, here it is, brand new game, everything. And you, it costs you in the short term. This next year is going to be brutal for Overwatch. Absolutely hmm. brutal. Everybody knows it. But the PR strategy here, the development strategy here is very clear and very obvious. Yeah. Nothing that we can do to Overwatch 1 is going to dictate the success for Overwatch 2. And so why worry about it now? Or why, why focus on this now and potentially slow down development or make less optimal choices <laughs> in development for Overwatch 2? Because we, we, are, we are somehow... Um, so we're, 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 uh, we're so misreading the situation that we think that we can somehow save overwatch one while developing overwatch two. Okay. So I agree with everything you said in terms of the downward tra trajectory of the game and that we're hemorrhaging, right? So you start here, it goes down. It has been going down. We still have a s solid player base. Not that that is a player base that cares. Like huh? you Cannot convince me that as many people are interested in Overwatch League as they were in uh, season one. Just not oh, the case, yeah. at least in in our world, right? No problem. So here's here's the hijack. So your stuff goes down, regular more regular than initially planned. Like four is already ridiculously low. Uh, hero announcements would have slowed down the curve, possibly kept it at at, at uh, an even level. And then here comes the magic formula. You increase the amount of heroes per year and make it free to play. And now it go goes up. That's no not Overwatch your revenue two. model. No, for, for, for Overwatch 1 already. That's so not your so revenue no model. Overwatch 2 being developed. Yeah, I don't care for, for the PvE portion of that. Yeah. But it's, it's more, it's more if, than just. Free if you to play seriously thought that. Sorry? It's a whole new engine. Sure. And there were there are issues that come with that. I'm yeah, sure. like you, you, I think you know pretty well the difficulties that they've had to work with this game. But like, this is not this is not the optimal uh, solution no, to develop an esports league with it's not million dollars in investment. It just uh, isn't. Agreed. It's not. But for the future of this game. At least in on this yeah, hill, this is IP this particular point. This is pure IP uh, protection from Blizzard from uh, how I'm looking at it. And if I was an investor in Overwatch League, I wouldn't be happy with uh, the 
the schedule that is coming coming uh, maybe not happy right now but i think when and if big if if overwatch returns to its pop culture like roots and becomes that big draw i think they're over the moon and then we still have the worst by far the worst conversion mm -hmm. of player base Agreed. from casual to but i think uh, esports viewership and it solves absolutely nothing i there's no disagreements for me there i agree 100 but right now we don't even have a transition or a conversion to have because nobody's playing the game so there needs to be a balance between the two and yes this this conversation happens you realize that like the reason nobody's playing the game is because in 2017 we decided to like take yes. whatever percentage of the developers and Agreed. just abandon this i don't think that's necessarily predicated on the fact that all of that resources have been dedicated to pve and did you, that did that kind of slow it down yes 100 it definitely hampers it but i don't think like that's the de facto reason and you also there's realize engine problems, there's marketing that they things, pulled like those developers in 2017 because somebody with more perfect data than us said that the long-term solution in health to Overwatch 1 is Overwatch 2, not more heroes, not more balance, not more, um, not more heroes, not more balance, IP not that free makes to perfect play, sense. not a battle pass. Yeah, I agree with the IP. It makes perfect sense. You want to protect this IP. It resonates right well with the player base. It does not do that for the eSport. I don't think I don't think this I don't think you want this to be a, a, a melee. I don't I, I really don't think you do. And that's what it sounds like you're arguing. What do you mean? If this if so, if you want this game to be a Super Smash Brothers melee, have no, no developer I want this to be a League of Legends. the IP to die. Nope. I want this to be a League of Legends. I want this to be free to play <laughs> high amount of heroes. We might even have to buy them. OK, sure, that's fine. But that's not the game we have right now. And that's not the game we're getting, and that's not the oh. game that is going to save Overwatch esports uh, as a Define whole. The only save thing that Overwatch <sighs> esports. What is your expectation of of the ceiling for Overwatch esports? And it, a leak with five hundred million dollars of investment should be the biggest esport in the world. Should be. Um, I mean, there's. Did you expect? So it, did you the expect that by to viewership be? or the at, most profitable? At the, at the time it was uh, put in. What about profitability versus uh, largest I mean, viewership? We're not close to either. I, yeah, I, I understand. Like, profitability. But, but, profitability. But successful okay, esports leagues are very different. Apple has 12% of mobile devices worldwide, but they're the right. most profitable like eight times over. You So right. this definition, definition of success yeah. needs, okay. to, needs to be, right. I needs agree. To be there. Who cares about that other than the investor? Do you care about if one of your friends pays more per capita on the esport that they're going into? Nobody in the industry but the uh, the teams and the investors should care about that. I don't care, about, care about that. Care about I how much money a league people. makes? Yeah, I don't care. I don't care how much money an IP I mean, makes. Extent, I don't care how much care money my players make, make. I don't care about the difference don't between care. 20 million in profit and 500 million in profit. I care about the difference between negative 20 million in profit and 1 million in profit. My enjoyment. Because if I it's not profitable, I'm not, I don't get to be a fan for very long, do I? So of course I care about that. Remote, right. to as, a degree. as long as it's sustainable. I agree. That's the threshold. If it's sustainable, people actually get to make money. Like players, we get to make a living wage that allows them to pursue uh, 
like their careers afterwards. Larger prize that's pools, fine. better players, more competitive no, don't care. scene. Don't care. No, no, oh, okay. not, not so better. You players. don't care about Definitely larger not. prize pools so that we get better players playing our, our eSport? There wouldn't you, be. The only way I, to get better players is more players. I, agreed. I, I agree with you there. Nobody at 16 is enticed by money. Agreed. Nobody now. that went into Fortnite went, I want to be in Fortnite because I would can win three million but they didn't leave as quickly once they saw the multi-million dollar prize yeah, pools. i don't know about that i i yeah. think i think there's a little bit more to that than i think you're giving credit and we both know that there is something to status that entices people there's something about the international that entices people i don't need to be a dota fan to go wow that's that's an attractive that there you can angle that to be kind of an enticement it might not necessarily entice you, but you and I both know if we were to write a, a a profile piece on somebody's player salary, that people would click on that. Is that would you disagree? Yeah, but what's where's the value? It doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to mean value, but to to give to say that no, because you don't care about it, doesn't mean that nobody cares about it. You and I both know that that's not true. Sure, but the most value surely is being able to have the most vibrant f fan fandom. That creates I the agree. most wide, like attracts the most wide ranging uh, content creators. That sure. the most of my friends will also be likely to follow. Everything Agreed. in numbers is like, for from a consumer perspective, the more numbers in an esports, the better the esport. I agree, one hundred percent. And I think the 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 audience right now. For Overwatch, and, I, and I, I very clearly say Overwatch, not competitive Overwatch, for Overwatch is asking for something and they're getting it delivered to them. And I think that's fine. This is the nobody game that, that we have. But who in Overwatch esports asks for... Again, the nobody. That's why I said Overwatch. The, the fandom right. to, to get that, create the content creator, to get that back to that our roots of only watch, to be that pop, to, to get people to want to play this game. You have to change so much and that takes a lot of resources and it takes I a agree. lot of time I agree. yes i agree a decision could have been made very early on in 2017 to go okay what are we going to do with this are we going to go the league of legends route like you're saying develop those heroes develop and i think that would be successful just not the road we're going and i think that's fine to disagree like axiomatically I don't see why at that it has point. to be mutually exclusive i don't see why you can't have a game with healthy pve and healthy pvp not only healthy, but, but industry defining because most developers who are developing on a PVP game aren't the same ones who are writing storylines for so-and-so no, through this. Is, do you not think it's problematic that the same head developer for the PVE side is also the guy in charge for PVP? Cause that's, that's not, not the, the case, case in for, any other. That's not the case in every case for Overwatch either. There's some bleed over and crossover and I'm sure some of it just sure. is, is, has to do with limited right. resources and you don't have revenue streams coming from these things to re or to reinvest yeah. in that. So that's inevitable. That's inevitable. In the same way, right. some of the social media managers do it for the main accounts and the esports accounts. There's some bleed over there and that's going to happen, but that doesn't mean that. Um, and, and I know you're, you're this purist in the sense of like, it means that there's less development for the only side I care about because 20% of their, yes effort goes into PVE. And I personally believe that that 20% of effort in getting more people interested in overwatch because it's PVE 
to then play the PvP to then become an esports fan is there. It's a new funnel into building the thing that you love. And I if think if it was that- 0.2%, I would be very surprised. Agree. Again, I think even just having and that semantics, ability, right? we don't have that number. One hundred percent. But even having that possibility of getting some bleed over is better than having zero bleed over. Because let's face it, this game is not doing well generally. Yes, I agree. No bleed over is better, but the adverse effects of having to have another game in order to bleed over means that adverse effects like for the main game. Like I'm not judging it from. We are having no PvP content put out for two years now, including mm. maps and, and heroes. Like, yeah, take Echo, whatever. Sure. Like, like, I'm not comparing it to that status quo. I'm comparing it to, we could have 12, 24 sure. heroes a, a year, and it could be free to play, and we could all be exploring new characters every week. Trying to figure Let's let's be honest. That would also suck from a PvP perspective for for the league as well, yep. for, from a competitive integrity spe- uh, standpoint. But mm-hmm. I tell you what, that would make it a bigger esport than it is right now. And I like once again, they they we're given more than I anticipated. Actually, like the, them saying they want to rework the base um, PvP you, game. You find merit in that, right? It's more yes, it's more than okay. uh, than I expected there to be. Mm-hmm. But the development process is not going to... St- like, I, I didn't think the initial development speed of what we got was nearly enough to compete uh, on an, uh, in an industry-wide space <coughs> with the Fortnites, with the sure. League of Legends, 100%. Um, with the... And that's um, why, I, it, in my perspective, and again, I don't mean to cut you off, um, it was always about bleed over. It was always about kind of keeping things separate and, and migrating people over and, and throwing Tracer at them and going, Dude, look, your favorite hero. It, it, I don't know. But the thing is, what I don't understand is how you guys can believe in this when we can't even get qu- people out of quick play to sure. watch, watch an Overwatch League match. Again, very obviously. I, 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 I hate to circle back to it. I agree. Like, we, we've been really bad at building that bridge. But for right now, I don't think. It's it's tough. I, I I don't think you. There's no way back. Sure, I guess we could disagree. Like, uh, for from first principles on what should happen. Um, and, and I guess that's just the the discussion that we're having is like, at, at a core, you want this to be very esports driven, and I don't think. And John can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think either of us are disagreeing. It's just which path we want to take. I don't okay, let me ask this way. Okay, go ahead. Which esports has succeeded by not being the primary focus uh, of the developers that work on that game? What is what is success? Being an a, uh, a tier one esport, I'm guessing. tier one esport. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wasn't there a lot of mm. uh, a lot of PvP or PVE work in StarCraft games? I mean, obviously, it ended up going into uh, PvP long term, but at least initially. PVE work wasn't yeah, PVE so work coming in later on while yeah, it, was it was dying much later yeah yeah but that was a death rebel not right? really a sorry I mean it launched with PVE but yeah it, 
I that one's tough because I feel like it's way more accidental. Like there's a lot of things. If you're talking Starcraft two, there was a lot of things like kind of popping Isn't off at 80% that time. of esports accidental. Like, let's be real. Fortnite was not sure. designed to be a BR game. It was designed Agreed. to be a, a it was a survival game. It was a I'm, cooperative survival game. A hundred percent. I agree. And I remember many, being shocked that that game was successful as it was. But I think we're getting to a point. With, with some very notable games, chat pointing out R6, I think League specifically, there are multiplayer-driven games that are, are fundamentally competitive that I think will lead the way for future esports. So I, I kind of have to agree with Yiska and this front. Slowly, though, slowly. But also, and again, I still stand by it. It's not because it has to be that way. Sure doesn't have to but i think that just naming I, empirical evidence yeah yeah i think there is a trend to point and isn't isn't overwatch technically launching as a pvp only game and then launching a pve wing which to your point in, in admission how is successful in some esports do do you feel we are going to be the stepchild or the but I don't think it's bad, though. I, I don't, don't know. Think I think the, I'm crazy. I think that the replayability <laughs> of PvE content for Overwatch that we've seen Dude. is not as high as you think it is. It'll be a PvP game first. PvE oh, is no, fun. No. And oh, then, no. Yep. Or, okay, I so disagree. I guess, what? how do we define PvP versus PvE game? There's going to be I more think... people every month playing PvE than PvP? Yes, vastly more. No. Yeah. No way. Yeah. No. Yeah. Probably by an Border, order of 10. Borderline ignorant in my opinion, to say. No. no. I think... By an organ, think, order of magnitude, yeah. The amount no. of people through... Again, if you want to just, like... And this isn't even a fair argument. Like, look at the size and the scope of r slash Overwatch and look at competitive Overwatch. Look at esports. Yeah. Look at the game. More people play these games than they do these esports or play ranked. Whatever game it is, nobody plays ranked. Everybody just You're plays under the quick fundamental play. assumption that people are going to go from quick play to then recess down into PVE content. I, I think, think that's, more that's, people that's come false. in to play PVE content. Yeah, uh, no way. I just wholeheartedly disagree. How many yeah. people do you think? I mean, let's. I, okay, to reframe it to WoW. How many people are playing dungeons, and how many people are playing? rank or even unranked you know arena, that that's not rounds. a you know that that's not that's not a like a that's a that's a disingenuous argument break it down so like uh, what's first and foremost pvp was not the the primary focus of the game sure when world of warcraft launched number fair one. number two the um the 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 barrier to entry on WoW PvP sure. significantly Agreed. higher than PvE. Yep. Uh, requires certain add-ons and sets of skills and yeah. everything else that is, Generally, is very yeah, different with than, than that there. Number three, despite all that, it still had a wildly successful P, uh, PvP career with Arena for a while. A, a bit, yeah. Yeah, because I, it was again, the biggest fair. game in the world, yeah. Exactly, and that's that's what I'm kind of getting at, is I think there's an untapped and, and, and very fervent market that they're now accessing that has been screaming that they want like this game. And I think that's going to surprise a lot of people. I, I But also, even if I'm wrong about this, that doesn't mm. matter because PvE is not taking away 
PvP fans and competitive I, Overwatch again, fans. Again, that's and why I, fans. I, the thing is, I agree with you. <laughs> it's like saying, like, hey, we don't want we don't want Overwatch League and PvP, so give us PvE. And then and then you're like, no, nah, it's gonna make our our player base numbers look bad. To, to, the, the thing is, here's here's where where my trauma comes in, and I legitimately mean it in that in that word. I've Agreed. been repeatedly on the on the side of being the stepchild of an, in a Blizzard game that yes. where the market has found out that the consumers value a specific point, and it's atrocious. It from without without you ever knowing it's coming. It will end Korea's entire industries from one day to another. You, the heat will be turned up. <coughs> this is this is a pattern in every um, in, in every uh, Blizzard title, by the way. Eventually, this thing will just switch off. This is my like. This is the empirical evidence and the the experiences that I've lived through. And very much now again, if you want to call it taste. Be my guest, but that is my fear. That mm -hmm. in five years' time, someone sits in a board meeting, and goes, "Overwatch PVE, three billion. Overwatch PVP, two hundred million." And I'm sitting here with my career focused on uh, very. I'll I'll just give it to you, uh, give it to you right ahead, and my job is gone. I mean, there's a lot of jobs gone, like players gone, coaches so, gone, staff gone. I sympathize with that. Now, there's a few things. So, number one, all profit is good profit. All profit right. Green. is Green. good profit. 200 million, 50 million in the red versus 200 million, 50 million in the green are two very yeah. different products. And yes. they, so they mean very different things. If I have a product that I put in one-tenth of the resources, make one-tenth of the money, yes. and there's, I don't I have meaningful information that says that if I take that tenth of resources and reapply it there and I can grow that revenue potential exponentially, yep. then that stays or potentially even grows. Maybe it's That's like, why, well, we're oh, doing that. There. So it's... That's why while Arena is still around. It's just atrocious. Because there it is just resources. Kind of like the empty. thing is, yes, you're in the in the plus. But if this is giving you revenue of ten percent of your investment, and the other does fifteen, then yes, you're running, but you're not running well. And right, these games are too intertwined to ever be decoupled. <coughs> we will forever up on this point of the announcement of 2019 in BlizzCon. We will okay. never get our own heroes that will not have to have a PvE side of a talent tree, Agreed. a lore side justification. Yeah. We will always be tied and not as much though. You, you have to agree there. What do you not mean? As much, I, I don't think uh, a direct comparison to WoW can be made. I think that the there will be reflection, but they won't be like mechanically tied to one another one can be very separate sure and i think that that's the argument that but, needs to be had not necessarily just kind of blanket statement like is the handling of wow arena good no let's discuss why and, and break that down but right? the, like, the problem is that the, just think of the development processes and there's like this thing it's called like conway's law or whatever sure it's like 
the the uh, structure of a soft piece of software is outlined by the communication structure of a company, right? Mm. Something like that. Might sure. also not be Conway's law. Definitely double check me. Re Don't well, double check me. But basically, if you regularly have front and back end um, developers doing something, that creates a different product than if they didn't, right? Very straightforward. Sure. Now, every communication of what PvP wants to do with the game needs to be going through the PvE sector. If you say, we would like to have... We, we, have, a, we have a big problem with Farah here. We definitely mm -hmm. need some um, hitscan character that has these properties, sure. which the other hitscans don't solve, and we cannot fix them towards that. Then you, you have to say, can you please build me a story, a PvE tree, and... There are barriers, yes. I agree. I, I, uh, but, that's, but that's what I think they are. I think they're barriers. I don't think that there's... I, there's so many things I have to address to kind of set up this point. I agree that there are barriers to creating PVE and PVP content as Overwatch stands right now. Big agree. I don't think it's impossible, nor, but I also agree that in the past, a numerous developers have tried to do not something similar, but try to do a balance of both and it fails majority of the time. Agreed there. However, I think we're glossing over the execution of those those bridges built, if that makes sense, to kind of return to that metaphor. I, I'm, I'm open to giving some leeway or at least a benefit of the doubt and saying, let's see your try. Let's see this team try. Agreed. WoW Arena sucks. It is a shell of its former self, 100%. But I think the handling of that should be the argument and not necessarily saying, I see a pattern. It's wrong. Please, God, save me from this hell. Right? Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm against this the broad sweeping stroke, and and I want to get granular in exactly why. And, and I'm not saying right now, but I think that's the 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 hill that we should die on. Not necessarily saying like this the system sucks, but the execution of the system sucks. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's, the thing that's is, my also, problem. So the one thing I just want to add to that too is we have a lot of characters in Overwatch with next to zero lore. It's not like every every character yeah. has well, right come now, out with the cinematic, has agreed. fully written lore, and we don't know when that lore has been written, Joe. Like that's that's kind of my point is it's not like you 100%. need to launch the character and then you can't launch the character until the lore is all the way fleshed out and you know every piece of content that they're going to be in and do because I know yeah. for the fact that for some characters, I mean, it's just plain it, not. No, I agree. There, there is a lack right now, but I wonder, to Yiska's point, if there's an expectation set with Overwatch 2 that everybody has a story, and if that creates a bigger barrier for developers to kind of... I think people expect more, but again, that, that's, a, that's a linear scale. That's not an on-off switch as far as how much more sure. lore does it take? Um, how much, you know, I, what, what do we need for launch? What do we flesh out over time? Do we right. do origins campaign stories where when we launch a new character there's a two month long two month long weekly campaign story that explains through the right. character's stuff or do we just sometimes just launch a, a player like a baptiste and go yeah he's this this and this and he's got a comic here's a paragraph and here's right. a comic that we wrote have fun or zarya i don't even think has a comic she just shows up in i think she does, does she early does but i think that's underappreciating like to me, it feels like we're going from a Rubik's Cube, a regular one, and now we're saying we need another layer. Yes, yes I and agree. Another layer of complexity doesn't make it just like one-fourth more hard. It's, it makes it 
infinitesimally harder yeah. I to agree. solve issues. And that's pretty much the same I, how I see this going. I don't think it, people are asking easy. that layer, though. So imagine, though, like, like, like a one-layer a one Rubik's Cube and then the three mm -hmm. or whatever you call it. Three-layer is the current, so yeah. whatever. So a one-layer <laughs> Rubik's Cube added to a three-layer Rubik's Cube is much more difficult to solve. Mm -hmm. right. But solving the one-layer Rubik's Cube separately is minimal yeah. time. Much easier. I much agree. Much more simple. And it is possible to do them separately while trying to combine talent trees and to balance yes. both simultaneously. Your PVE talents and your PVP talents yes. are the same. That's, then they, yes, I then agree. they broke out and like, you know what? No, you have execution. You have separate stats. You have separate trees. Yes. You have separate True. things. And we've learned from that over the 13 years that WoW has slowly. been out. Painfully, slowly. Painfully and slowly. That yeah, yes. these need to be balanced differently. Yes. Halo is the same way. Guns do different yes. damage and they hit very differently in PvE than they do in PvP. They do different things. They have attachments. They have upgrade trees. The, the settings, have, the format of the game is different. It's I can pick up a shield in in a Halo thing or think about like a Call of Duty. Uh, a Call of like is is it? I always fix mix up. But Call of Duty like um. Call of Duty, their campaigns, right? So think mm -hmm. of the campaigns for Call of Duty. There's different elements. Kurt. There's different elements of what you're doing in those in there. And it's not like every gun fires the same, has the same attachments. They can be approached completely different. Yeah. They can be approached completely it, differently. I wholeheartedly, yes, with my whole heart, but, believe it can. And there has to be, you have to find this right level of similarity so you don't play Zarya in campaign and, and find out that she's different. like playing soldier and competitive. Right. There has to be that there, but I think that that bar is relative. I think it's much lower than you're alluding. I, I think you think it's much more the TFT to league of legends comparison. And I tend to think it's much more the old PVP to, so to explain the metaphor, yeah, yeah. Joe, I'm because he's okay. So in TFT, they take characters out of, um, yeah. League of Legends. League of Legends. And then and... they adapt the skills towards mm -hmm. the respective. They might as well be different games. We just call them the yeah, same I mean, thing. Sometimes we yeah. take like the same themes, and it sort of works. But crucially, they have different development studios that are doing. Like, there's sure. not one head guy that's coordinating everything. Yeah, they're completely different games. Like, and by Conway's just... law, it's not getting easier to communicate to two people if the head stays the same. And I tell you, the head will stay the same. Agreed. Team I, Four that... has never given up, given up any creative decision making in the history of this game. They've been helicopter parenting even the esports sure. side of things. Yes, I. That's where I, I hope we're headed to kind of return to the nest metaphor. Is that if there is a bigger, better bird, that we can kind of figure out how to fly on our own. I hope not not to develop a different game or, or to to have our own development team or to completely re rework the game as a whole, but to find out what works best for our audience and then be able to execute on that because the game has a bigger, better bird. And I think that's the again, I, I would I, I think it's fine for us to to thrive in the shadow of that than to kind of. Again, 
have them continuously tinker around and, and try to figure this out. I, I think I want to have that strong base. And if that base is PvE, then so be it. By the way, as I hear the music playing, I just want to go out qu real quick. They killed the wrong uh, game mode. Control should have died. Thank you very much. <laughs> I love Get how you just sneak that in at the end. I, was gonna, I mean, I, was, I wanted to go around one time and, and say closing thoughts on this yeah, 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 because yeah. I feel like but, each of us need our closing thoughts. This video, you want to go first or last? Um, I'm happy that so many people seem very enthusiastic. I hope that my viewpoint of having lived through your you're in a, in the biggest esports in the world one day mm -hmm. and the next day the MLG is not even hosting their um world finals because the developer has decided that StarCraft 2 is not their PvP title that they want to support. Yep. This is the experience that my uh that my judgment is uh, mm -hmm. coming from. It's definitely a very hurt and broken one because that unraveled my life to a large degree at that time. So definitely take that from from that perspective. And that's why I got to be skeptical towards what I've seen. At those I think it's very healthy to be skeptical. There's a lot of reasons to be skeptical. But yeah, I, I hate to say give Blizzard a chance, but I, I think we kind of have to. I'm I think, sure. we, need, I mean, I think we need a little bit of optimism. That's what I, I'm willing to. Like, yeah. that's, that's and fine. I don't want to like, I don't, I don't want to sound unsympathetic. Cause that, that fucking sucks. And I don't want you to have to go through that. Mm. But you do know the volatility of esports. Especially and, and, right. and what it's yeah. in, right? And like, I'm not saying right. like, you knew what you signed up for. Gr -gr -gr. Like, I yeah, hope yeah, I'm not yeah. sounding like no, no, that, no. that big of a jackass right. because I don't mean to say it that way. I, I don't mean it in that way at all. But I'm in, I'm in fast startup technology. I know the risks of taking less pay for, you know, two years to launch a, a product on a limited budget is going to do, but it's either something I love or something I believe in long-term or something I believe mm. that I'm meant to do. And we, we do that. I don't want you covering any other game for the rest of your life than Overwatch. I really don't. Mm. Um, but I, but I would also be a little bit naive to believe that Overwatch is going yeah, to be yeah. a game that's around forever, just like League of Legends. Yeah, of course. Like, yep. Sorry, someday League of Legends is not going to be a thing. Of course. At least yeah, in its, its current iteration as well. Likely. Um, and so yeah, I think, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I, I personally choose to be optimistic in that... Um, if Blizzard does one thing I think really well is it understands the systematic failures of other um, studios and are able to implement solutions for those in their games. And they're not perfect in that by any means, but I, I believe that they've done that in the past and I believe that they can do that here. I believe that Overwatch is a powerful enough IP that it transcends PVE, PVP, and even the bounds of a computer screen to be something that's really magical and more enjoyable for more people. And I yep. do believe that there is a way with the right person in charge to build a budding game ecosystem where each of them are feeding each other. I agree 98% of competitive players are going to spend 
less than 1% of their time in PvE. And at the same time, 98% of people who feel like they're PvE players uh, are going to spend less than 1% of their time in PvP. And I think that they're, that needle can be moved a bit, but mm. that, that fundamental idea is going to stay the same. And I totally agree with that. But I don't believe the success of one needs to be at, at the, the detriment. detriment of the other. Right. Yep. Agreed. Your word in esports viewers, yes. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Ideally so, ideally so. I think um agreed on 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 a lot of things. I think a, a deeper episode than I think we intended, but uh, it's for, such for a long we're going up on two hours right I, now. I thought it was a fantastic discussion. Hopefully the, the viewers uh can leave feedback and maybe we'll do more of these. Um be but, gentle. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, be gentle. Be gentle. Um the, the upside is I was negative Nancy today today when we next time talk about the changes you're going to be positive. Season. Dude, I'm a I'm going to go ham on the positivity. And and that's and that again, the execution, there's still refinement there to be made. Hero pools is back, guys. I don't know if you noticed, but we're getting bi-monthly hero pools. I, we'll we'll talk about like that it. Wednesday. But we can refine this. Again, you said it best. We're in the best season of Overwatch League we've ever seen. The format is the best it's ever been. So again, there's a little hope. There's a little bit of uh, of solace that we can kind of shelter ourselves in and say, look, we're doing it right. Finally, we're, we're getting there. There can be we can do better, but we're getting there. So again, to John's point, I think we can execute two different things and we can still have that Overwatch magic to to to, to bleed elsewhere and to, to be magical. I think that's well put. So again, it's all about execution. Let's let's hammer them when they do poorly and, and build them up when they do it well. All right, chat. We love you. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, wait, Yiska, you got to say you were first, right? You had your closing all, thoughts. Yes. Closing thoughts first. I'm, okay, okay. I'm gonna go. Cool. I want to make sure I didn't miss over. Be like, <laughs> and no, nothing for Yiska. Uh, big thanks for everyone who hung out today. And a big thank you to our brand, uh, or not brand new, but our resubs, Enco, Pin to Paper, Ashador, Coppers, Lotion, Mr. B-Boy 6, Morai, OW, and Cyclus. Thank you so much uh, for supporting the show and meeting us back on Twitch. Again, we are going to be back on Twitch uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, thanks to everybody who's joining and resubbing and um, supporting us in that. No new five-star reviews. No new patrons as far as um, I can remember. I need to kind of go through, though, because my, my Gmail filter has been a little bit weird, so I need to figure that out. Big thank you to our patron producers, though. Refine Beam, Ferdino Pin, Battlecrab Lotion, Rex Zane, Audio Compass, Kasha67, Shara Picasso, Nathan, Your Misery, Hunter Tain, Fabled Steven, uh, Roger B. Owen, Chris R. 34444, Orbjorn, I listen to this podcast whilst on the toilet and in the shower thinking of Yiska, Peace Camper, Anxiety Pokemon, Sir Girthalot, Bronzebot, Boohow, Evan, and Alex S. If you like the show and want to support, please subscribe at twitch.tv slash kicktripod. Please become a patron at patreon.com slash tacticalcrouch. Follow us on Twitter at tactical underscore crouch. And we would love for you to join us for our anime, uh, night which is going to be so episodes one through four of finding the promised neverland the promised neverland and then uh we'll meet in discord watch episode five together and discuss it afterward discuss it vote see if it lives see if it dies see we'll figure it, it out and then see we'll if figure it out dies the next one. we'll figure it out are we going to be doing that at noon uh normal whatever works best for you guys yeah that's fine with me tentatively noon pacific time sure. 
discord.me slash yiska out. You can find Joe at Volamel everywhere, including Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, all that stuff. Yiska at Yiska out. Any specific shout outs you guys have? We're going really long here. Uh, just expect a lot of dope content coming out until the start of the Overwatch League season. I'm lining I'm some up, boy. I'm hammering this kid on Wednesday on control. That's that's an interesting one. I know we cool. kind of glossed yeah, we, past we, that. We need to dive into that one, but again, for Wednesday. Just because you'd suck at the best game type doesn't mean you can vote to cut it from the game. That's going to be my stance on it. All right, chat. We're out of here. Thanks. We'll see you Wednesday for episode 163 of Tactical Crouch. Goodbye.